This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You are now listening to the Cherry Pickin' Podcast featuring your boy, your favorite man alive, Andre Cherry Pickin' Cherry. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Pickin' Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andre Cherry, your host of the Cherry Pickin' Podcast. Thank you for downloading another episode of this show. It'll be a very special episode because it's the newest episode in the series. We're now in season three. We are still in lockdown. By my count, we're day 50 of this quarantine. How are you guys doing? How, how are you guys keeping sane? Are you guys doing okay? I hope you are, and... I'm glad that you decided to download this podcast because this is something that gives me a release every week. Uh, I try to turn this out every week, and I've been on that schedule now for the past several weeks, certainly since we had the announcement that we're in a pandemic. I mean, I've been churning these out every single week, so thank you for downloading the show. I appreciate it, and I just want to try to connect with you guys and just catch up since last week. So to start things off, The Last Dance... Uh, episodes five and six were released this past weekend. Episode five surprised me a little bit because it, it, I knew it was going to be about Kobe Bryant because Michael Jordan and Kobe had you know interactions when Michael was a bull. Uh, certainly, they've known each other since he was also a wizard and when he was out of the league. But the first introduction these two had was, I believe, in the 98 season. Uh, Jordan was at the All-Star game, 97 season, uh, excuse me. Jordan was at the All-Star game, and you see the footage of him and Kobe kind of passing one another uh, within the, like, the locker room, back uh, backstage, hallway-type area of the All-Star game, and it was cool to see vintage footage of Kobe Bryant. It was also even cooler to see Kobe as an interviewee on this documentary series. I honestly was not expecting to see that. I knew they would have footage of him, and I, I figured... Michael Jordan would probably speak on his relationship with Kobe Bryant and what Kobe meant to the game at that point. You know, Kobe was the youngest to uh, start in the All-Star game. But nonetheless, it was cool seeing behind-the-scenes footage of Kobe and Michael and Michael Jordan's comments to the rest of his East teammates about, you know, Kobe's really hustling, I'm going to try to make him work for it, and this and that, and just the inner workings of a GOAT. I mean, Kobe and Michael are two of the greatest players of all time, I think. I was lucky enough to see Michael Jordan's career, and then and I felt like I got another piece of that in Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant emulated Michael Jordan, everything from his shot, his swagger, the way he talked to other people, talked to his teammates. It reminds me of Kobe, or it reminded me of Michael Jordan seeing Kobe Bryant and the athlete and the 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 amazing basketball player that he became reminded me a lot of Michael Jordan. So it was cool to see that footage. You know, it, it's like I'm stepping into a time vault and I really have enjoyed this series and I, it was even more special to see Kobe Bryant speaking on the couch. I mean, they had uh, cuts of him being asked questions for this whole documentary. So it was really unexpected to see that. And a buddy of mine, Brandon, was saying, you know, he almost lost it seeing that 
And it's crazy looking at footage that was unreleased up until last night that, you know, they had of Kobe Bryant. Presumably the last footage we'll have of Kobe Bryant. And he was speaking on Michael Jordan and speaking on the Bulls. And I thought it was a really special moment. It was a little treat. And I really enjoyed it. Um, Episode 5, I believe, was also about Nike and Michael Jordan's mom, Mrs. Jordan, urging Michael Jordan to take an interview or take a meeting with Nike. I think Michael Jordan said that he was an Adidas guy at the time. And so he really wasn't interested in, in going to Nike to speak about a basketball shoe deal. And his mom persuaded him to do it. And, you know, the rest is history. Those Jordan shoes are the hottest Nike product out there. The only time that I ever had a pair of Jordans, I believe, was maybe back in 93, 94. My mom got me some Jordans. They were, like, purple. Um, When I, I was, like, in second grade or something like that. Those were the only Jordans that I've really owned. And I think they were authentic. I mean, they looked sharp. But I would love to wear Jordans again. I just not really in the market for Jordans at this current moment. You know, I've got a family of my own. And so I'm not really somebody that spends a lot of money on myself. Right now, sneaker-wise, I'm rocking, I think I'm rocking some shoes I got from Kohl's. Some some brown leather-ish shoe, high tops. But then I also rock running shoes. My brand of choice for running is Asics. And so Asics are sharp. I'm I'm wearing these all black Asics. And I'll usually throw throw those on if I'm walking my daughter or just going to the store or something like that. But I haven't worn a pair of sneakers in a while. Um, I'm trying to think. I like like Reebok sneakers. I like Reebok. But the last pair of Nikes or the last pair of Jordans, it's been a while. It's been damn near over 25 years. So at some point, I would like to get a Jordan pair, a pair of Jordans at some point. But right now, it's not in my future. But shout out to the people that love those shoes. If you're a Jordan collector, that's what's up, man. I mean, if you got that disposable disposable income, that's cool. I mean, do you. Those shoes look very nice. It's just crazy seeing the brand that this dude was able to build from being the world's best basketball player when he played. That's something that people aspire to be like. I mean, they want to be a winner. Michael Jordan was a winner. Point blank. He is a winner in everything he does. He's a winner, except for, you know, being the owner of the Bobcats. But, you know, when his playing career and in his personal life, in terms of the endeavors that he embarked on as an athlete and afterwards, I mean, he is a very successful guy. And so for me, watching this series has been a really a good treat. Because I want to see how a person of his level, of his stature, operates. How does he think? How does he act? He says he's a competitor. He has a competitive problem. He doesn't have a gambling problem. He's too much of a competitor. He wants to win at everything. And you know, at some point, that certainly will turn some folks away. That might turn you know some people that might want to be your friend, might turn them away or want to be your partner. It could turn them away. But if you have a mindset of a winner, that's how winners think. I mean, they are just positive. They are, they know what they need to do to get to where they want to be. They can see the big picture. They, they don't get lost in the moment. They're forward thinkers. I mean, that's Michael Jordan. And that was also Kobe Bryant. And so I know Michael Jordan said in the beginning of of this whole series that, you know, it might turn people away from me. You might see me as a bad person or as a bad man, and that's fair. I mean, he's got a brand to uphold. Maybe a lot of folks don't know how he really is, but 
I've enjoyed watching the behind the scenes footage of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls teams. Like it just it's very special. It just I feel like I'm in a time vault for real. And I grew up with the Bulls. I love them. And so I've enjoyed this series thoroughly. Uh, I saw episode five. I saw a little bit of episode six. I'll have to catch up on that. But I believe it was in in regards to Jordan rules. The fact that he was a relentless competitor and the fact that he may not have always been the best teammate. I believe that's where they were going with it. I I need to to dive into that episode before I can report back to you guys. But curious to see what uh, what that tells us about Michael Jordan. I also know he was a pretty serious gambler. He loved to bet on things. And I saw a little clip of uh, episode six where it talks about that and talks about the night he went to AC to gamble during the 1993 playoffs. I believe they lost the night before or that they lost that night and he was out gambling or something like that. But that's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I wouldn't condone that type of behavior, but if you're the world's best basketball player, maybe you know that you can go out, have a good time. And I think he came back at midnight or maybe later than that and had to go to the game the next day. But regardless, I wouldn't do that. Me personally, Andre Cherry, I wouldn't do that if I had to go to an important meeting the next day. But I guess he knows himself or knew himself well enough to know that he could enjoy himself for that evening and wake up and go to work the next day. I mean, hats off and to each of their each their own. I mean, I'm not going to judge this man now, but he did what he did. He's the world's best player. He's one of the most powerful men at the time. I mean, he can do what he wants to do. Uh, I'm not saying it's, it was a good idea. There's always consequences to your actions. And so the consequence for Michael Jordan was that public opinion would weigh in on what he did. People were probably disappointed. People want to have stories and, and try to bring up drama. I mean, that, that was the price for what he did that night with his dad in the AC casino. Again, I need to really dive into episode six to get a better understanding, but that's just my initial thoughts. Have you guys enjoyed this series at all? Have you been watching? I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what episodes uh, seven and eight will be like after I watch episode six, but it's been an interesting series. I've really enjoyed it. It's taken my mind off of the current situation for a couple hours each night, so I'm excited to see what next week brings us. But with that, I'm going to take a quick break, a short time out. After this pause, I'll be right back. We'll get into some other topics on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. I'm coming right back. I'm Kyle. This is Steven. Together we host a show called Boar Meets World. Tell them what we cover on Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. But that's not all, is it? No. Now we cover life experiences. Ours. Oh, son of a <laughs> Just check out the show, please. We really, <laughs> we really need it. Okay, we need a win. Just check us out. We talk about the show Boy Meets World. Each episode of our show, we run parallel for an episode of Boy Meets World, where we will examine the show. That's way too much. What happens? You know, our life, how it relates to it, experiences. I can't believe you're still recording. I am recording. <laughs> check it out, guys. You'll get some hilarious stories from me and Steven from our childhood. You'll get a great... <laughs> ah, I lost it. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts... 
join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show, everybody. All right, so you remember a couple weeks ago, maybe four or five weeks ago, I talked about how this pandemic would change things and we'll be entering into a new normal. And certainly we don't have sports. We haven't had sports for quite some time, but I thought there would be an opportunity for networks and for studios to use Zoom technology to put on live TV shows and events. And so we've already seen that somewhat. I mean, we've seen The NBA tried to do a horse competition doing live broadcasts and having remote cameras at different NBA players' houses. But then most recently, we've seen SNL try to produce content for like at least two weeks. They've done it, put on some sort of SNL at home, produce content. And uh, I saw a little bit of, I think, last week's SNL at home, and it actually was pretty good. It was better than the first rendition of that. And I'm sure they're getting better and they know how to put this stuff together. I mean, they have like two weeks in between each time they've done the SNL at home. And so I've enjoyed it and it's welcomed. I mean, because we don't have live content, there's not a lot to put on right now. So, you know, I hats off to SNL and even the NBA for trying to put content together. So with that said, I also had the idea like five or six weeks ago, I talked about how there is an opportunity for networks to use this Zoom technology to put on a live dating show with remote contestants, uh, with folks from all across the, the globe, all across the country. They could use Zoom technology to put together a dating show. And I said it could be like the Love Connection, that throwback show from like the 80s. And so... Lo and behold, I saw a promo just last week on the show we were watching. My partner and I, we watch uh, Married at First Sight, and there was a promo for a dating show. And I was trying to find the clip again, but I couldn't find it. I, I don't know what the name of that show is called, but I think there's some sort of dating show that is coming on Lifetime. But as I was searching this topic online, I also found that there were some other dating shows that have come up recently. And one such show, and this is coming from Philly Voice, phillyvoice.com. The article is, This weekend, watch Philadelphia and Speed Date over Zoom in a new online show called Philly is Blind. So a new romance show modeled after a popular Netflix dating series is coming to Philadelphia. Your City is Blind is a series of online speed dating shows taking place over Zoom with groups of participants in various U.S. cities. The show follows the format of Netflix's Love is Blind, where contestants looking for partners begin speed dating without being able to see who they're talking to. The first season of Love is Blind premiered on Netflix in February, not long before quarantining began, which drove the show's popularity among viewers stuck at home. Your City is Blind is a do-it-yourself follow-up unaffiliated with the original series where participants try to find dates in their cities while views watch online. To watch the show, viewers need to have purchased an $8 ticket, which the site says then gives access to a private Facebook group and the Zoom chats with contestants. Baltimore, New York City, D.C., Chicago, Denver, Boston are all in the midst of their online shows with Philadelphia's round becoming available to screen starting at 1 p.m. on Sunday, May 3rd. So I guess the first 
episode um, or the first series started yesterday. I'm recording this on uh, May 4th, but it's really interesting. Uh, Philly is blind, invited residents to apply to the show using a Google form application accompanied by a submission video. The application asked only a few questions and ensured that contestants were available for filming each night of the show from March 23rd to March 29th. When the show screens in Philly for several days and nights starting May 3rd, it will not be in such a structured episodic format, but in the form of content such as various live date recordings, confessional videos from individuals, and more. So that show is called Love is Blind. I'm reading that from phillyvoice.com. And so I thought it was really interesting, uh, something that I came up with like six weeks ago, just an idea. It seems like producers and um, directors and folks that work you know, within networks are coming up with ideas to try to keep us entertained. Dating shows are wildly popular. You've got The Bachelor Show. You've got 90 Day Fiance. You've got Married at First Sight. You know, Those are some popular dating shows. And so it's pretty cool to see that an idea that I had was also thought of by other folks who are in the industry and they're putting on their own show using Zoom technology. This is exactly what I said several weeks ago. So it's cool that folks are thinking outside the box, try to give us content because we're all dying for content right now. I'm still curious to see if they'll do some sort of Zoom TV show, like um, a Family Feud, or even you could even do Jeopardy using Zoom technology at home somehow. I mean, I certainly don't want to encourage cheating, but you know what I mean? Like you could still do game shows at home using Zoom technology. So maybe Jeopardy might be tough because you're not able to really see what the uh, contestants are doing. But I think you could probably pull it off somehow. In some way, you could probably pull it off. But there's still a potential there to put game shows together using Zoom technology. And I'd be really curious to see if they can do it because who knows how long this will go for. In Philly and on the upper northeast, I mean, it's it's been pretty serious. It's been a hot spot here. I think things are getting better, I, I guess. But I'm seeing footage of folks in different cities across the Midwest and down in the south. It looks like folks are upset. Folks are protesting. You know, they don't want to be locked inside like animals And so they're trying to get out and trying to live their lives again. And I think at some point that will be appropriate. But right now it seems pretty dangerous, if I'm being honest. I mean, I I just hope that we're not prolonging this by not listening to orders to stay home. Now, certainly some states like Georgia, I believe, have loosened the restrictions on staying at home and they've opened up some businesses. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully... Things are in control um, in terms of, you know, we're not seeing a spike in hospitalizations and people getting sick and people dying. But I just hope it's not too soon that we've released these orders to go back to normal. And I don't know that we ever will go back to a normal, and I'm doing that with air quotes, but I just hope that through science and through the advice and suggestion of medical officials and medical medical providers and folks that are using data to make these decisions. I hope that we're all being safe and smart. And I just hope we're not prolonging this because the thing that I'm worried about is that we've already, we've already made the situation worse by not following the stay at home orders. And as a result, I don't expect to have sports this year. I really don't. I know ESPN is about to film or about to uh, televise the South Korean baseball 
League uh, starting this weekend, I guess. And that's cool. I mean, I think Korea apparently has it under control, but we certainly do not in America. And so I don't feel confident or comfortable that we'll have sports right away. I know football doesn't, NFL doesn't start till like September. College football, they'll need to prepare soon for the season if they're, if they're going to even have it. And I'm not confident that we'll have football. I would probably put it at like a 10% chance that we'll have college football in the fall. And the reasons being, it's a hot spot or it's growing. This COVID, this pandemic, it's spreading. And so you can't expect to have some states shut down and then other states open and thinking that that's going to just be a level playing field. This virus doesn't work that way. And so I've seen some stuff online that I think Iowa said they're going to have students go back to school and football players go back to the campus in June. I thought I saw something on Twitter from Brett McMurphy stating that Arkansas is saying that they're going to have football soon as well. And I'm going to try to find that tweet here. Yeah, Brett McMurphy tweeted, Arkansas AD Hunter Jurassic tells Board of Trustees Razorbacks will start practice mid-July and begin season September 5th. Susan Elkuri reports, you can say that you're going to do something. I actually want to wait to see if it happens, but it, it won't matter if you go to practice in July and begin your season in September if other conferences or other teams within your conference aren't going to do the same thing. And I said something like this maybe a couple weeks ago. I would really respect having the league commissioners and the NCAA come out ahead of this and say, here's what the plan is. Here's what we're looking at realistically. If if X, Y, and Z are completed and there's testing and there's an antibody or there's a vaccine, then we're looking at starting on this date. But before that happens, we're not going to put our players, our coaches, the staffs of all these programs in risk, in harm's way by playing football. And I just think it's a missed opportunity, a failed opportunity to not hear any leagues come out and say, this is what we're looking at realistically. We're not going to have football if this isn't done first. And I just think we are headed down a really tough situation here. If in if at the end of this month or in the beginning of June, things get worse and we haven't said what we're going to do with sports, I think people are going to be even more upset than they are. That's just my opinion. That's my feeling. And I, I would have preferred to have the leagues come out ahead of this and say, look, we're not playing sports this year until this happens. We need a vaccine or we need testing that's regular and open to everybody. That's the only way we're going to play. We're not going to have fans in the stands for X amount of months or whatever. Like that needs to happen now before it's too late. Because I think people are expecting to have sports as a as a, a crutch in their own lives. I mean, this is tough. This is stressful. People are looking to have sports kind of take that stress away if possible. And I don't know that sports will be there to do that, to, the, the, to be there to fill that void in your life. I love football. I love sports. But I just don't think it's realistic to think that we're going to have sports start on time or even start any time this year. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen a plan that makes me feel confident that sports could happen. And to be honest, would you want to have sports playing if there isn't a vaccine or testing for the players or the coaches? Like we're in the, we're in the middle of a pandemic here. And there are folks out there thinking that we're going to have sports or that we should have sports. Why? I, I don't need sports that bad 
right now. What I need is a vaccine. I need testing for everybody. I need to feel that this is under control and that the government and that my state officials have this in control and know when the end is in sight. But I have not seen anything that would make me feel confident that we're headed in the right direction right now. We're, right now, we're trying best as best we can to get through this and to try to stay safe but I haven't heard anything from anyone to make me feel that we are getting this under control. If anything, I'm seeing reports that say, oh, ramp up, we're going to see numbers shoot up now because we had a miscalculation. So it's like sports is the least of my worries right now. Like, would it be cool to have college football? Yeah, it would be. I do a podcast on college football, but I don't think we're going to have it. And I wouldn't want anything that's less than what I'm used to. And what I mean by that is like MLB is trying to do these plans to have teams go to their spring training sites. Like, bro, I don't need all that. I don't need that. Don't You don't need to mock this stuff up on the fly. You're trying to get your money back. You're trying to, you're trying to, you know, make a profit. You know, it's a business. I get it. But it's not safe to do. Like, I have not seen anything that is safe to do. And it's just, that's my opinion, my thoughts on that. But I think we need to get through this. If it means we don't have sports this year and we try again next year, then so be it. But don't rush to put sports in front of us if it's not safe. And I'm, I, I just feel, uh, I feel worried that that's not going to be the case. I feel worried that folks want their sports back one way or another. And they're going to try to put it in front of us and they're going to try to try to do what they're going to do. But I just don't think it's safe or the smart thing to do. That's where I'm at with it right now. And, you know, every time I see folks on TV uh, protesting courthouses and state houses and Capitol buildings, or I see folks on the beaches in California, I think in Huntington Beach, there was looked like hundreds of people just storming the beach. I believe some of the beaches in Florida, like Jacksonville Beach, have reopened recently. And so I'm really going to be curious to see what those numbers look like in two weeks. For me, I mean, this coronavirus is hardy. It's already affected people that I know, you know, close friends of mine, their loved ones have died from this. And so I pray that everyone can be safe and everyone can use great caution because your folks or your grandparents' lives could be at stake. Hell, your life could be at stake, you know? If you don't know that you have an underlying condition, you could be in jeopardy of getting sick or worse, dying. So until they see it personally and see how it affects, you know, their own lives, I don't know that we'll see much a difference or much a change in people's behaviors, but I just pray that we're not making things worse by reopening stuff too early. And the 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 scene from Terminator Salvation that trailer I mean the movie wasn't that good I don't think it got good ratings or reviews but that Terminator movie with Christian Bale uh, it's trailer three there's a line in the movie trailer that really gets me like anytime I think about this pandemic and the fact that you know we may be making things worse for ourselves I think of the Christian Bale line at the end of that trailer where he says if we stay the course we are dead. We are all dead. And I don't know why it, it sticks out to me so much, but it's that trailer was just such a gritty, I think it's a gritty, dark film. Christian Bale was a pretty intense John Connor. And so that line always sticks with me whenever I'm thinking about this pandemic and thinking about where we're headed. You know, I hope we're on the right path, but it just, that line is so powerful and it just, 
it replays in my head all day. Other than that, I mean, what you guys been up to? What have you guys been doing? My daughter's birthday was today. I'm recording this on May 4th. And so Zola, Zola is uh, two years old. She's officially a toddler. We had a, a family party with my partner, Zola, and I. We couldn't do much. We would have, we would have initially had her friends come over and some of her friends' parents, but plans got changed due to this virus, and that's okay. I mean, that's that's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. We still had fun. I think this was the best party that we had yet. My partner was able to get Elmo and a marching band to come through our block, and so everybody was outside, and all the little kids enjoyed seeing Elmo dance, and he put on a good show. And it's on my Twitter feed, at cherry underscore picking, if you want to see the footage from that day on Saturday I want to say he came by he or she I mean it could be anybody in that costume but it was cool I mean we made fun of the situation as best we can I took off of work from my day job today to spend with Zola and we had a good time just hanging out Uh, we went on a nice little walk the weather was nice here I think it was like 73 degrees or something like that so we had a good time we made the the most of it and the best of the situation Zola is so young that I I think she understands something's up like she hasn't seen her friends in seven weeks but we try to make it fun at home I try my best to make sure that she's having a good time and so you know I'm really grateful for her because while it is a challenge to manage work expectations and home life, being home with Zola has been good because she kind of takes my mind off of things and I'm more focused on her than I am, you know, in my own personal life or work. And so that focus on her makes makes it easier to get through each day and it makes the day go, days go by quicker. I'm not saying that it's always peaches and cream, but it hasn't been something that I can't handle. And so I'm, you know, I'm grateful for my daughter, grateful for my partner. And so we'll get through this at some point. When is the end of this? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. We're day, we're in day 50 in Philly. So we'll see what the future holds in store one day at a time. But for right now, I'm doing okay. We're making through and we're all right. You know, we're alive and that's, we're alive and healthy. And that's really all that you can be thankful for. I mean, that's all you should be thankful for. So yeah. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you guys and gals for downloading this show. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had fun. And I hope you're staying safe and staying healthy. Hope your families uh, are staying safe and healthy as well. I greatly appreciate the support. Thank you for the download. If you follow me on Twitter, you know where you can find my content. It's at cherry underscore picking. If you subscribe to my show on iTunes, I would would greatly appreciate a five-star rating. It helps build this show. And I want to get it bigger and better and better by the time college football rolls around for whatever season we'll be in at the end of this COVID pandemic. So with that, thank you guys and hope you stay safe. And I cannot wait to talk to you again in the near future. With that, I'm signing out. Thank you. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. If we stay the course, we are dead. We are all dead. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website, cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore picking. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. 
I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.